if you like titles, my title is Enlarge My Heart. Enlarge My Heart. I'll unpack it as we go. But we're pressing into a new season. We've talked about it a lot over the past few weeks, and uh, I believe there's something stirring in each of you now, believing for something new, believing for something better, believing to get on a new page, and there's a, an element of determination. We know we have to choose. It's not always going to fall in our lap, but we have to choose to press into something, but as we press into something, good stuff's going to happen. But who knows this? Whenever you do something new, wherever you press past what's normal to you, there's some times that are uncomfortable. Give me a wave if you don't like uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, come on, people. Stop pretending. Oh, I love uncomfortable. No, you don't. We don't like uncomfortable. But the reality is that when something new happens, there's often an element that is uncomfortable. Let me tell you a story from my world. My wife works in uh, aesthetic beauty. Uh, if you want your face injected, she's the person to see. And uh, at work, they all wear these very nice white trainers. It's kind of smart but casual, kind of that kind of vibe. And Sarah's after a new pair. And uh, foolishly, I said, I'll come shopping with you. All the men know that's the worst thing to ever say. They don't even put seats outside the change room, do they, guys? You're left loitering around the women's underwear or something, aren't you, like a right weirdo? And you're just trying to sit there going, all right. And then they take forever to change the clothes and try it on. And then they come out and say, didn't like it. <laughs> so there I am going around all the, all the shoe shops with Sarah. And when I say all the shoe shops, I mean all the shoe shops. Twice. And eventually she finds this pair of trainers, they're quite a nice pair of trainers, um, she tries them on, oh they're perfect, they've got a little bit of gold on them, they're just perfect for work, you know, she has a little try, just a little shuffle, a little look in the old mirror, all the rest of it, and she says, I'm going to get this pair of trainers, I kid you not, picture the scene, we're in the shoe shop, quite a posh shoe shop, I laid on the floor and went, yes, there was women walking around me going, what's that lunatic doing, but they didn't know the pain I'd been through. Sarah puts the shoes on, she goes to work, all the girls are at work, like, oh, love your shoes, Sarah, they're lovely. Um, and then two days later, she's like, oh, my calves, they're killing me. What is it, what is it? The shoes have got a little lift in them. She's got the tone, most toned calves you've ever seen. But she's like, oh, she doesn't wear them anymore. All that effort. But here's my point. She had a dream of these new shoes. She wanted to step into a new shoe season. But when she got the new shoes that she hoped for, they were uncomfortable. And there's a little truth in that rather weird analogy. Let's do another one. I wonder how many of you have been believing for a new job opportunity to open up, a new business opportunity to open up, and that opportunity arises and presents itself to you, and you're like, yes, hallelujah, it's what I've been praying for, I'm really excited. And you go there, but the reality is now, you've got to get a new routine going. You've got to leave house at a different point. You're going to meet new people that you may or may not like or get on with. You're going to come under a new senior person in your world. Or you may be overseeing new people. And it's always tricky. Things to navigate. So although it's a new job and a new season for you and you're excited about it and it is what you want, always there's a moment that's uncomfortable. And you have to push past it because when you get into the place in the right zone, you've pushed past the uncomfortable moment, it's good. And it is what you hoped for. What about having a baby? Most people would like to have a baby. Not all, but most people would like to have a baby. And they believe for it and they try and they get there and baby arrives. 
You see the pictures on Facebook of good old mum and dad with smiling baby. Best dad in the world. You see baby rolling over for the first times all over Facebook and, and all over the internet. It's everywhere. My baby doing this. Baby's first steps, they're all on there. It's brilliant. What you don't see is 1am. What you don't see is 2am. What you don't see is 2.15am. Who's ever had that moment at 2 o'clock when you've had about one hour's sleep and you lay there and you think, oh, I've got to bubber off. And your, your head hits the pillow to the sound of... No one sees that bit. No one sees baby pooing on the brand new carpet. No one sees. That's actually a true story now. We moved to a brand new house and uh, literally new build. New carpets, new everything. My Josh, he's not here today so I can say it. He was 10 months old at the time. We were potty training him. Brand new carpet. Do you know like the, the new smell of a house? He comes walking out into the thing, does a crouch and did a Mr. Whippy. Right on the carpet. We said, praise the Lord, or words to that effect. <laughs> Hopefully he'll never watch this one back. <laughs> but even despite those uncomfortable moments, and let's not pretend they're uncomfortable, it's worth it. It's worth it when Baba comes up to you and says, I love you for the first time. It's worth it when, when Bubba goes to school and behaves him or herself and they make you proud. It's just worth it. New seasons are worth it and they're exciting. But the reality is, to get into the comfort zone, you have to go through the uncomfortable zone. So the likelihood is, as you believe for your new season, like we've been talking and declaring in church, you're going to go through a moment that's uncomfortable. I say this to you because I want to prepare you for it. Because in the uncomfortable moment, you can shrink back and go, what have I done? Or you can press in saying, out the other side of my uncomfortableness, if that's a word, there's some good stuff coming. So still yourself to push on through it. It's going to be worth it. If you know anything about eagles, very biblical bird, the eagle. We will soar on wings of eagles. Amazing, amazing. But you would know that the babies get all comfortable in the nest. The eaglets. Get all comfortable and mum comes in and feeds them all. But the day comes when mum knows your time's up now, you're entering a new season. What does mum do? Turfs them out the nest. And it literally is fly or die. They've been all comfortable. Good old mum. Oh, I want another worm. But then the day comes. We're entering a new season, guys. Out you go. And I guess there's that uncomfortable moment that David Attenborough probably really talked well over as babies falling out of the sky and like, oh no. But then they spread their wings and they literally fly like eagles. And I want to declare that over you today. You might be in a season where you're believing for something and you feel like, actually, I've just been turfed out of the nest and I don't know what I'm doing. But the day's going to come when you get it and you say, yeah, I'm ready for this. And God's going to take you somewhere new and you will soar on wings like eagles because this is your new season. So who's prepared in your inner person to say, I'm going to prepare to go through the uncomfortable bit? Because on the other side, can you hear what I'm trying to say? I've been reflecting on us as a church. And um, we are, I believe, going to step into an amazing season where we have impact like we've never had before. We're going to see salvation like we've never seen before, growth like we've never seen before. We're about to enter this new season. But the reality is, we've just come out of this lovely building we had. 
Up in the centre of town, we had it 24-7. It was kitted out. We had great lights. We had great seats. We had a lovely coffee area. We had brilliant It was fantastic. We loved it. And now we're packing in and packing out. Before most of you guys arrive, you need to know there's people at 8 o'clock in the morning here doing all this stuff. And who knows? It's uncomfortable. Sarah and I had a bit of a moment with God two weeks ago. We weren't happy with God. I actually don't think God minds you being unhappy with him as long as you're prepared to communicate. And then he'll tell you you're wrong and he's right, but it's okay. Sarah said to me, I can't believe it. We've been doing this church 16 years and here we are packing in and packing out again. I've had enough. And I was like, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. And we said we're frustrated. We packed in and packed out for 10 years and then we had this great building and we, we grew in it a bit and it was brilliant. It was awesome. And do you know what? God was like, okay. But over the next two or three days, I had this uncomfortable revelation. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Barry, you and the church got too comfortable. And I was like, oh, wow. You got too comfortable. It was easy just to rock up on a Sunday and have your nice meeting and rah-rah and have a moment with me and go home. You got too comfortable. I want you to get on mission. I want you to soar like eagles, but when I say soar like eagles and fly with me, I want you to be about some stuff. Do you know what the Father said to me? Get about my business. You'll know the story of Jesus when he was only 12 years old and they were, they were going home and mum looks around, Mary looks around, and well, where's Jesus? And they couldn't find him and, and he, they went back and found him in the temple and he said to them, 12 years old by the way, he said to them all indignantly, what's the matter with you? Where do you think I'd be? Imagine your 12-year-old kid saying that by the way. Where do you think I'd be? And he said this, I had to be about my father's business. Come on, church. This is uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable. But we have to be about the father's business. He's getting us on mission. We have a great mission here because there's a community on our doorstep with thousands of people who are living life without Jesus. We're in a school with hundreds of kids and teachers and staff that don't know Jesus. So it might be uncomfortable, church, but we're stepping into a new season where we're about the mission, not just about the meeting. And so it might be tough, but if we can push through, there's going to be some fruit on the other side of our obedience that we're going to go, wow, God, you did that. And he said, yes, I did. So stop moaning at me in the future, will you? <laughs> our mission is to reach this community with the love of Jesus. And I love that God's so gracious to us because whenever there's an uncomfortable situation but you take a step of obedience, and remember last week we were talking about choosing, when there's a step of obedience, he always gives you a quick win. And although we've chosen to come and pack in and pack out and it's a bit uncomfortable, do you know what? We've had multiple visitors every single week. There's not been one week so far where there hasn't been someone new come and visit us. We're growing. I believe when everyone comes back after the summer season, we're going to look around and go, wow, God's up to some stuff. You know, we had a great, great win, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago. We had 11 people get baptized, standing up, declaring the stories of lives changed because of Jesus. He's giving us wins in this building, even though it's a bit uncomfortable. I've seen people stepping up and serving in teams that never used to do. God's given us wins. wins. We're getting, out, getting about the Father's business and we're shifting it. So my title being Enlarge My Heart comes from this verse here. In 1 Kings Chapter 4, verse 29, it says this. And God gave, God gave 
God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. Could that be our prayer in this season? God, enlarge my heart for people. Enlarge my heart for the mission. Enlarge my heart that I don't want to see people struggling anymore without Jesus. Our mission is this church, to get out of our four walls and to demonstrate the love of Jesus in tangible ways. So people have a fresh revelation of who he always has been and they're like, oh wow, I didn't see that. But you showed me his love. You demonstrated something different to me. You brought heaven to earth. There are brilliant people on this estate. There are brilliant people in this school. There are brilliant people in your world struggling in life. And yet we carry the answer. You know, we live in a time where probably addiction is as high as it's ever been. To all kinds of stuff. Drink, the obvious things, gambling, drugs, pornography. And those things really, when you boil it down, what are they really? They're really an escape route out of unsatisfied lives. Why are you addicted to something? Because it gives me a moment where I don't have to think about the reality of my life. And yet here we are with Jesus, who brings wholeness and health and satisfaction and hope and a life full of fullness. We carry this message and the people all around us are struggling, pushing through life, slogging away. Some of them succeeding, some of them not. Getting on with it, but they're doing it in their own strength, not knowing this awesome Jesus. There are people battling depression. It's become very to the fore in our media, hasn't it? It's very real. And I love the fact that we've learned some stuff. We've learned coping mechanisms. We've understood it a little better. All those things have been so good. We're getting greater understanding and helpful. But this is the reality. Those things will help you cope. But there is complete healing in the name of Jesus. So we can cope through it, or we can encounter the love and the power of God and be healed entirely. We carry that, church, and there's people in and around our world right now who need that message, and they need someone like you to be faithful enough to lay hands on someone and say, be healed, and pray that faith prayer, and just watch what God might do when you get a bit uncomfortable. I've never prayed a prayer like that, Barry. Well, do you know what? Get uncomfortable. Because as you step out in obedience, I believe we're going to see something on the other side of that. Come on. Is there something stirring in you? As I was preparing this, I kind of want to give you a bit of a visual. And I, I found a, an old sketch, a skit, if you might, um, that I watched many years ago. I think it's five or six years old now. But for me, it's still very, very powerful. And it really speaks of the power and the love and the authority of Jesus and how he sees people. This is five minutes long, so if you can turn the lights off, have a look at this because I think it will stir you. Thank you. 
and I know there's some cliches in there, but I think there's a lot of reality in there. There are people battling through life with all kinds of stuff being presented to them. And yet there's Jesus saying, back off. But here's the thing. Jesus says back off through the church. It's people like me and people like you who are prepared to step into someone's world, not judge them, but to fight for them. To stand with them and go, come on, there's more than this for you. There's more than this for you. And it's like we're getting uncomfortable, having conversations, positioning ourselves, but we're holding people back. Why? Because our large heart says there's more for you than this. And I stand for Jesus. My biggest prayer for me personally is, Lord, let me see people how you see people. Let me see it how you see it. It's easy for me as a man to look at them and go, what on earth are they doing? Poor decisions. What kind of love? What on earth are they doing with their time? All those kind of easy to do there. But God is our loving father who looks down, his heart's breaking, says, I love you. I love you. I'm there for you. I'm crying out. Did you see Jesus saying, come to me, come to me, come to me? And that girl was even trying to get to him and she couldn't. She was so bound up in life. Well, that's a representation of our world right now. And here we are as the representatives of Jesus. Can I urge you, cry out to God, enlarge my heart. Give me a heart for people. Because you carry the authority to bring change. You are an anointed and you are empowered to represent Jesus now. Someone in your world is struggling. But if you stepped in, it could be different. And that will be uncomfortable. But God will give you a win as you step out in obedience. One of the things I think in terms of God positioning us in a school is because he's trying to enlarge our heart for young people. You know, we have a young person feel. We see that. But we're in a, actually in a school where young people are growing up in a world that's quite difficult. And so I've been saying, God, it's okay giving us a, a heart for young people, but we also need a strategy. And so I've been in touch with the school and this coming Halloween actually falls on a Sunday, 31st of October. And Halloween's a weird one, and you know, I don't want to get too preachy about it, but if we boil it all down, it's the one time of the year where the whole world seems to celebrate evil. For one reason or another, we justify it. So we're going to hire the school for the whole day, and we're going to do a light party here, aimed at the children in the school and the children in the community. And I want you to believe with me that we will get at least 100 kids in here to give them a better alternative to trick-or-treat. Well, I'm happy to load them up with sugar. I'm happy to give them sweets. I'm not anti all of that. But how about a light party instead of a dark party? How about something that shifts? And we're going to be able to, because of where we are, we're going to be able to put leaflets in school bags and let people know it where it is. We're able to go and, and put leaflets through doors and say, this is happening. We have got an opportunity, not just to pray about it and talk about it, but to do something. And I want to believe that if we get 100 local people, 25% of them would come back and have checkout church. How awesome would it be if we actually stepped out and did something and said, God, could you bless it? Our little effort, could you bless it? And out of that, we got 25 new families in church. 
We got some young kid who, who didn't celebrate evil, it celebrated light and it moved them and said, I love this bunch of people, something good happened. But here's our philosophy. One of our philosophies in church is excellence. So we don't want to invite the community into something that's okay. We want them to walk in and go, flipping it, that was brilliant. Well, yeah, well, that's how we do church. That's, that's our philosophy. We want to bless you properly. So will you hang around? Will you serve? Will you get involved? Would you be willing to say, I've got a big enough heart to give my time to this? And would you now start upping your prayer? Because we're not just talking about it now. We're strategizing and we're putting some wheels into motion. Come on, church. Let's believe that we get a win. Wouldn't it be so awesome if suddenly the, the, the community here starts hearing about this church that's meeting on, on their peripheral, on the, on, the, on the school here, and suddenly then we get this good name come up. They, they put this light party on. My kid loved it. They're really lovely people. Because we are. But more than that, we carry a large heart the, of the King of Kings who is able to protect them from the things that are trying to destroy their life because Jesus came for fullness and he brings hope. Look at this verse with me. Psalm 144, verses 11 and 12. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners whose mouth speaks lying words and whose right hand is a hand of falsehood. That our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth. That our daughters may be as pillars sculptured in palace style. You see, I think the reality is young people today are growing up with all these falsehoods. Live like this, dress like this, think like this, accept this, and it leads nowhere good. But they're running there because it's the thing to do. But then there's this large-hearted bunch of people at the church who have got a bigger vision than that. And so we want our young people to grow up, not so-so, but palace style. Come on. Come on, what does your kid look like palace style? What does your teenager look like palace style? Now, not just, you know, picture a palace. If you went to Buckingham Palace today, you're going to walk around and go, wow, that's just amazing. Well, I want people to look at the kids in church and go, wow, that's just amazing. You know, they've grown up in this world and it could have gone all kinds of way, but no, 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 they're palace style. They're thriving. They're ornate. They're picturesque. They've got that wow factor. Why? Because God enlarged my heart for them. And I couldn't just watch and walk and let it go past me. I had to step in palace style. You know, we all understand this idea of a fatherless generation. And it's been difficult. And there's all kinds of reasons for that. And when I say fatherless, it could just mean that dad's literally not been there. Or it could mean that dad's there, he's in the room, but he's not present. And there's all this kind of stuff going on. And kids are growing up. And because they're not getting an affirmation and direction of their father, they're looking elsewhere. And of course, we can see it all happening. And it's difficult. But look at this with me in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 15. This is Paul speaking. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. And I love this. Because that word begotten there, it, it, it kind of means to bring forth, it bring into existence. So what Paul is saying is, I'm not necessarily your actual father, but in Christ I have begotten you. I am your spiritual father. And so no one, no one here and no one we, need to, we know needs to grow up fatherless because they're spiritual fathers. 
We are in this together. We are a family. And so together we bring up our children. Together we instruct them. But actually we, we carry the spirit of fatherhood. And can I say, the spirit of fatherhood isn't male or female. It's just the spirit of fatherhood. I remember the first prophecy Sarah ever had. She went away to Denmark to a worship leaders week. And the, this American prophet came up to her. And she, he, he, um, he said over her, you carry the heart of the father, even as a woman. And when you sing, people are going to encounter the father's heart. And I believe that's evident and we can see it see she's a woman but carries the heart of a father and so come on church could we develop a largeness of heart for young people to say we're not going to allow them to grow up fatherless anymore because we are going to be spiritual fathers to step in and believe in them and the difference is it's not just telling them what to do it's allowing them to make mistakes and walk it out with them it's allowing them to dig their own holes and wells and work out what they're about and supporting them it's different being a father than just telling someone what to do and it takes effort but Lord, enlarge my heart. You know, it was so great to see our young people go off to brave age. And I guess what I want to say in that is that they encountered the Holy Spirit afresh. We've all had a difficult 18 months, you know, spiritually speaking. It's even been more difficult, I think, for our young people because we've watched online and done our best to stay engaged. But they don't want to sit and watch online. And I get it. So our prayer was, Lord, just touch them. And I'll tell you the truth. God touched them powerfully. They've come back and jumping at the front again is, is awesome. And uh, my son Josh took a friend of his, 17-year-old boy. And can we remember what like guys what it was like to be 17? You're all sort of gangly and wanting to be a man, but you're not quite a man and you're in no man's land and you're starting to get a bit of fluff on the old chin and all this kind of stuff's going on in your world and you're into the girls and this stuff and you're all confused. And he said, Josh said to him, Would you fancy coming to the to the church camp? And he said, Okay. Well, he got there, and message number one, there he is, this 17-year-old, absolutely falling apart. Why? Because Jesus reached out to him and said, I've got a large heart for you. I know your issues, I know your struggles, but I've got the answers. And they prayed for him. Do you know the next day, in the, in the next meeting, he prayed in tongues. Never been to church before in his life. 17 years old. God is up to something with young people. And I believe rather than having our own agenda, we say, God, what's your agenda? And allow us to join in. God's doing something, so can we join in, church? You know, some of the young people, they had like a prophetic workshop and they were drawing drawings. And when you see the pictures they're drawing, it's just like, wow, that is deep. It's come out of some young person who's just like, yeah, well, I, God just gave me this picture and I put it down and look at it. And it's just like, wow, God is stirring the spirituality in our young people. I want our kids to go further than we've ever been. You know, I want them to be reaching out and people getting healed and bang. bang. You know, I want our kids to be the one that start raising the dead for crying out loud. Why not? Come on. Can we enlarge our heart? Could we dream bigger than we've ever dreamed before for our young people? Because what would it look like with our young people so fired up, palace style, to then invite their friends in? Not to church where we go through the motions and sing a song and someone gives a message and encouragement. You go home and go, that was okay. But no, 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 palace style. Where they come and they're like, wow, something went off in me there. I got it. I feel like something's changed in me. I've got the goosebumps. I'm, I'm moved to tears. Young people. Come on, can we get a heart for young people? God's positioned us in a school because he says, you got too comfortable over there. I'm going to make you uncomfortable because I want to change your heart for mission. And part of that mission, not the whole mission, but part of the mission is young people. 
And what I've loved, you know, is that you look around now and here we've got Mamori singing on stage. Round of applause for Mamori, she's so awesome. We've got um, Noah, who's 14 years old, been drumming online for a little bit and we'll see him on stage shortly. My Josh started drumming on stage when he was 12 years old. He's got used to it now, he's like he's just part of the furniture, but he's only 17. He's young. I love it when I come in here and we're setting up and you, you've got five or six of the teenagers going, oh, can I lift something? Can I move something? Can I put the chairs out? It's just they're getting it. You know, my daughter Eve is serving in kids right now. And she's, you know, she's 12 years old. Young people are stepping up. And what we're doing as a, as a church is showing our heart to say, oh, no, no, it's not your turn yet. You wait your turn. It's your turn right now. Get involved. We need you and we need your help. I chat to, to Josh about songs and worship styles and stuff. And when I listen to him, I start getting a bit uncomfortable. It's like, oh, really? It's not my style. But you know what? We need the young people's style. I need to be a bit uncomfortable because if I turned around and saw a room full of 17, 18, 19 and 20 year olds, I'd be celebrating. Maybe it's the young people who need to, to bring that in. Rather than me going, oh, no, I, I prefer to sing that song, actually. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but can you hear my heartbeat? Come on, we've got to be prepared as an older generation to get a large heart for young people, and that might mean being uncomfortable. Io and I were just chatting beforehand. He's got some nice Jordans on. A round of applause for Io's Jordans. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. There they are. Because <laughs> we did. Come and stand next to me, ma'am. Because we didn't have a conversation. But have you seen the, have you seen the brothers? Yeah, yeah. All, right, all right, all right, all right. I used to like you. But we went, we went shoe shopping. Did I tell you about shoe shopping trip? We went shoe shopping. And uh, I was going to get some Jordans. But I suddenly had it. I'm 50 now. And I suddenly had this check. Am I too, I'm too old for Jordans, and I'm too old for... Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm too old for Jordans. Yeah, mum's saying, no, she's the authority. <laughs> and I, I thought, oh, no, no, no. But we want the young people who can reach the young people. And, and sometimes that's in worship styles and sometimes that's in the way you dress and the way you talk. But we need to give them their voice and their platform. And I'm prepared to do that. And us old guys, unfortunately I'm including myself in there now, us old guys need to just get beneath the young guys and lift them up and say, let's run. Because we will see a different church. But it's going to involve some being uncomfortable it's going to involve some enlargement of heart. It's going to involve some shifting. But it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be brilliant. Come on, can you stir your heart for the people in this community? It was interesting. I had a long conversation on the phone with Sarah Sullivan the other day, and we were talking about the community here. And I was saying, Sarah and I prayer walked it, and it's, you know, it's quite a middle-class estate, and lots of nice cars and nice gardens and stuff. As you walk around, you get that vibe. And I said, oh, we walk. And she said, no, Barry, you're wrong. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, she's a chiropodist. She travels in and she says, I do feet on that, on that estate. And she said, there's a lot of poverty there. And sometimes it's just unseen. And it's okay if, if God is revealing to that to us because we've got someone in our church in the community, serving the community, Lord, open up a door. Help us to see what you see. Give us a way in because we want to love on some people. And as we love on some people, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, someone might see Jesus in me. Someone might see Jesus in you. And therefore, all the issues they're battling against and trying to push through, suddenly Jesus says, no, I'm holding it back because I love you. 
and we're going to have a dance in life together, which is what I always wanted. Your lot in life isn't pain and heartache and tears and struggle. Your lot in life is fullness with Jesus. And that's your lot and that's their lot. We've got the best message in the world. So God's up to something in our discomfort. Will you embrace it? Will you play your part? Will you serve? Will you make yourself available? We're here on mission. Yeah, I want to create great Sundays. We're working on the environment. It's a bit different here. We're working on it. We want to create Sundays, but that's not the sum total of it. We want to create an environment where we can invite people in and they have an encounter with the living God, which genuinely changes lives. But to do what God wants us to do means all of us have to be willing to say, I'll play my part. And it starts with you saying, God, just enlarge my heart. Because you can force something, but when you've got a heart for something, it becomes easy. So let's pray. Could I ask you to stand up? I'm going to pray it in. Let's just, uh, let's just close our eyes, take a moment together. Don't have to, no rules. It's just helpful. Lord, I want to thank you for all the brilliant people you brought out today. It's such a privilege to be your family together. But our prayer is, enlarge our heart. Let us see people as you see people. Lord, remove our opinion and our judgment. And let us see people as you see them. Give us a willingness to step up and step in. Give us a willingness to do what it takes. Give us a willingness to be uncomfortable so someone else might experience your love. Lord, I thank you for the wins we've already had in this season. But I ask that you would just reign all over us, that we would bear so much fruit of lives changed. Lord, I want to pray for, for young people. Being brought up in a world that is so connected yet so disconnected. Help us to be your hands and feet. Help us to be your mouthpiece. Help us to be willing enough to bend to include them. Lord, I ask for protection over every young person associated with this church. Give them great wisdom to remove themselves from difficult places. Give them a fire in their belly that says, Jesus is going to take me somewhere good. So I choose Jesus. Raise them up to be prominent in their peer groups. To be influencers. To be leaders, not followers. We cheer them on. Lord, release in your church a spirit of fatherhood. That we could stand alongside these young people and cheer them on 
guide them, help them, love them, watch them flourish. Thank you, Lord God, that you made us uncomfortable, that you shifted us. And thank you for revealing why. So as a church, we embrace it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for every person in this room who's hurting right now, going through difficult stuff, trying to work out why, I speak peace to you. Father in heaven loves you. He's got a great plan for you. He's reaching out to you. Would you reach out to him? Lord, I pray that you'd remove the hurts, remove the pain. As you set us up for life. Speak blessings over your church in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And all God's people said, 